Welcome to Fright School. Are you ready? Class is in session. Welcome back to Fright School. Is that you, Joe, or is it Odysseus return from the sea? I'm here, singing <laughs> me, Muse, the tale of the man of many turns. Sorry, it's the beginning of the it's the beginning of the Odyssey. Oh, aha, uh-huh. that's right. Homer I guess I should pay attention to the references I make, just in case you actually can follow them. <laughs> She's was, not that used was a to rarity. Yeah. She's not used to her being learned. <laughs> Singing me, Muse, uh, the man of many turns. What did the Andra Pelutropon, I think, is the Greek, right? Wow. We're going there. I don't parlay Greek. Oh my you. gosh, but it's been a long time. We haven't seen each other in a while. Um, we've been off, obviously, on our little mm-hmm. uh, mini summer vacay, uh, which, thanks to the magic of production, has been much longer. Then listener, you, my dear listener, no. So what are yeah, all these buttons? I don't know how to work. I've forgotten what we're doing. What is this show about? What Did we that? ever know that? Did we yes. write it down somewhere? Yes. <laughs> what is this? Is this calm daycare? No, it's fright uh, school. I'm having a little iced coffee with some like chocolate mushroom in it and with this zombie mug from the Disney Tiki place. I thought it was appropriate for today. I know it's we're not it's the movie's not about zombies, it's about ghosts, but they were frightening looking ghosts. So yes, yes. I thought I was trying to have a little bit of a theme. If you're watching us over on patreon.com slash fright school, then you can see this mug. Otherwise, yes. you're not. I'm <laughs> so drinking you need to get over there. I'm drinking iced tea. <laughs> Because I've had a nice. lot of iced tea since I've last seen you, and I want to keep having iced tea. Yeah. It's going to take us the next three or four episodes to really catch up on everything that we've been sure. doing. But at least to start, you went away. You went back to the homeland. I went back to my home, <laughs> my homeland, my country. The uh, home planet of Guam. It's the home planet. <laughs> that's right. The home planet in the galaxy of transsexual in the <laughs> universe of Transylvania. No, yeah, I went back to There Guam has to be for... a joke in there somewhere about the galaxy of heterosexual in Micronesia or something. Yes! I don't know. There's gotta be there has to be a something hidden in there that our in the constellation of Micronesia. Anyway, no, I did yeah. I went back to Guam mm-hmm. for my family reunion. It was actually quite wonderful. My spent time with my extended family, my cousins and their children. It was nice to serve a lot of gay uncle energy. <laughs> Tita Auntie, yes, I, hello, Tita Auntie. I have many stories, but I feel like we need to just we're gonna have to talk about them incrementally, right? right. <laughs> over the next few episodes. Yeah, yeah. But, and again, we'll talk about stuff over on Patreon as well. So Yes. You know. Um, Especially if there was any island romance stuff, you'll have to hear over there. (laughs) Since we'll be discussing, I'm not sure if by the time this comes out, but we will be breaking down Heartstopper Season 2 over on on Patreon. Because Joe insists on continuing to torture me with tales of teenage love to make me bitter. But hear more about that over there. Anyway, so go ahead. But we're only doing one episode on it, though. We're not doing... You, you know, don't want to do the whole breakdown. Okay, I don't know. That's Joe. Joe's in control of that, so I'm just making stuff yeah, up. I we're guess. only doing one episode. Anyways. We can't. No, <laughs> I watched that. Never mind. We'll talk about that later. All we'll of talk that about to it say, over there. 
I had a very yeah. wonderful wow. time. I got bit by mosquitoes <laughs> and I was hot. It was so hot. El Nino, she was over there. It was like it would rain and it was hot rain. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it was so nice to be with my family and with and to commune with the island once again. <laughs> and to also she, be she feel it was she in her moana era <laughs> yes she was yes she was all of the moana era. i'm picturing you in a lovely caftan sta- standing out on the beach i've been sailing at the edge of the water just <laughs> drinking iced tea long as i can remember this isn't even the same people is it though am i just like making stuff up <laughs> No, they're Polynesian. <laughs> we right. are Micronesian. Yeah. It's it like, I know very... I'm mixing up people and now we're canceled. <laughs> I've uncanceled you. I've reversed <laughs> the curse. <laughs> and yeah, so that was I, I, what I will say about the trip here is our Chu Guam is that I don't know if I can ever do a flight over five hours that is not in first class anymore. I'm going to, I'm going to sound awful. It's going to sound like I'm a privileged piece of crap because I am. But I was able to, when I bought the tickets, I was able to afford a singular first class ticket round trip to Guam, which has always been nice. a bucket list item for me, not only to yeah. fly first class, but to do it on a trip like that. And I got to say it was worth it because I did have delays getting over there yeah. and it was totally worth it on an 11 hour flight to Tokyo to just be able to lie flat and be fed constantly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Fed and watered. They really do love to keep you fed and drunk. And it's so funny because I was asleep and I woke up on the way over there. I woke up and I like pressed the call button. I was like, did I miss any meals? (laughs) Can I have my grilled cheese and tomato soup now? (laughs) That's the thing. You can request to be woken up also. I don't know if they told you that, but they they did not tell me that. They did tell me that, oh, I'm so sorry, sir. You had your do not disturb light on. Uh, And in my mind, I'm like, I'm a large man. I'm sure some part of my body pressed the light (laughs) unintentionally. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. No, they definitely it's very good when you're doing like long 10, 12 hour flights to definitely drink lots of water, stay hydrated. Uh, Plus, if you are drinking, yeah, it's good to balance out. It just it makes for a better experience on the other side. But yeah, I'm Mm -hmm. yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say the time difference really kicked my butt because I left San Diego at 730am on a Mm. Tuesday. And I didn't arrive on Guam until 9 30 wednesday guam time so with at the t- 9 30 at night or in the morning? 9 30 at night oh, on a wednesday wow, yeah. so it's it was like losing it was basically like losing a day going over there which was yeah. actually really fine because i was able to sleep through the night and wake up nice. fairly early and still get acclimated i didn't have as much trouble acclimating going there i had a really tough time acclimating getting back yeah, it's always tough. And there's all these different like secrets and tips and tricks. And it's just it's your body is going to do whatever it's going to do. And yeah, and I think especially as we get older, it just gets harder to one or the other, either it's harder to acclimate getting there or coming back. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but I'm glad that you were able to do that because it is that's another thing as I get older. It's, oh my gosh, I have to always make enough money <laughs> if I want to travel to be able to pay for good seats because it does really 
it's just it's so uncomfortable like flight it's i don't understand it's like they just want us all to be miserable <laughs> yeah and it really it just gave me some peace of mind because again flying as a fat person is trauma flying as a fat person is trauma using the bathroom on an airplane is trauma just anything you could anything i was like oh my god anything i can do to help that and just I wasn't supposed to be on the 11 hour flight to Tokyo. I was supposed to cut it in half by passing through Hawaii, but there were cancellations on the way out. So yeah. the only, and that was the only way I was like, you know what? No, I'm okay. I can do it. I can do it because I'm privileged enough to have this. So I'll just, I'll just do it and then monitor my water. And it's like, how do you stay hydrated? But at the same time, knowing that you don't want to use the bathroom so much because you can't, it's just, you see these, you see these like insta gays taking thirst trap pictures in airplane bathrooms <laughs> and it's like how like how small are you because those things are it looks like there's tons of room in there forced perspective i wanted to try to take a picture of myself in there and be like guys look it's me i'm an instigate <laughs> yeah i don't need that. that it's nice when you get lucky on some of the international flights i don't know if Domestic would have, I, I don't know, but some international planes have the really big bathrooms. Mm -hmm. That is oh, it's so lovely. It's worth like even walking farther away, <laughs> walking down to get to one. Because sometimes they're like in the middle. I think the last yeah. time they were behind us and they had two big rooms that like yeah. you could use. And it was just, yeah, way I better. It was just great anyways. to be able <laughs> to have a shorthand with the flight attendants because I would show up and like more, I, I took so many flights there got a point where someone was like, do you need an extender? And I'm like, yes, <laughs> thank you for not letting me ask. And then I would go to them and be like, do you have a bathroom that's a little larger? And they'd be like, oh yeah, mm. go to this bathroom. Yeah. And it wasn't that it was so much larger. It was just like, it was the perfect size. It was what all uh, airplane bathrooms should be. Should be. Yeah. yeah. Not, and it wasn't like terribly bigger. It was just big enough that like someone who has like mobility issues or could have been like wheelchair bound would have been able to fit in there no problem yeah yeah absolutely they should all be more accommodating so to speak mm -hmm. this is endlessly fascinating to talk about i don't even know if we should do we need to do anything else with this episode <laughs> let's talk no. about airplane bathrooms <laughs> talk um, to me talk to you joshua did you <laughs> while you're in guam getting back to the actual trip itself did you go to the White Lady Bridge and see any? Oh, did damn. not go to the White Lady Bridge. No one wanted to it. go with me. You should have went alone. You could have. I was not going to. Everything I, you that learned. That is one thing I was not going to do. I was not going to go to the White You've Lady Bridge. Learned so much over these years of how to protect yourself from white ladies, one <laughs> and two, dead white ladies. But you oh, see, damn, you see Joshua. I wanted to hear about that experience. So we will definitely go because we're going to go. One. Oh, I'm taking you. We're going to go to Guam. And we're going to go to the White Lady Bridge. But you're going to be so hot. I, yeah, I'm not looking forward to it. I'm going to bring a big old fan and I'm going to wear. I might just wear like a black sheet that I just cut a neck hole in. Just a, giant, just a black shroud. You're going to look like a Dementor from Harry Potter. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's going to be me with a parasol and one of my big fans. And I'm just going to, you know, it's just going to be what it is. Or maybe it could be like a black terry cloth fabric or something. Someone just to soak up as I literally melt <laughs> walking around Guam. All right. So you didn't go to the White Lady Bridge. Anything spooky? No. Saw this movie that we're going to talk I, about in the next I want to talk about that. Let's see yeah. there. What spooky? I spent a lot of time. I like I, I did get on the apps while I was there just to see where I wanted to see where the boys are 
and we'll talk more about that if you want that story you gotta that's gonna be (laughs) that's patreon content (laughs) let's just say that was uh terrifying enough all right okay (laughs) what have you been doing while i was gallivanting in the pacific nothing just nothing I started practicums. Longtime listeners know that I'm a marriage and family therapy grad student. So I started seeing patients. Their nightmares have just begun. (laughs) No, but yeah, I started seeing clients. So I probably for about a month now. So it's largely just been that going to a job again, which is so weird because I've been like just doing school for so long for the last couple of years. So it's it's weird to get up and have to be somewhere (laughs) through the week. But or someplace it's not school, but it, it's been, it, it yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It, it's, I feel I'm all over the place with it. Cause it's at one point it's in one hand, it's exactly what I expected. And the other hand, it's nothing like what I expected. So it's, it's interesting yeah. doing the thing after so many years of studying and, and all of that. I actually spent this morning recording this. I wrote a curriculum for, I'm going to be doing a grief and loss therapy group. So it's like fun stuff like that. So it's like I'm getting into kind of like plan things and build like treatment ideas and like test things out. But it's also difficult. Mm -hmm. The place that I'm placed at doing my practicum, it's a challenging site. It's been all over the place. Yeah. So a bunch of movies. Yeah. Are you going to redo um, or rewrite the handbook for the newly deceased? Is that? Yes, that's my plan. (laughs) The handbook for the recently deceased. Yes. The recently bereaved. Yeah. So it's been that. And then I've been trying because I only work a couple of days a week in the clinic. And so while school has been out, I'm back now as a, once this is released, I will have been in class for a little bit. I have been going to the movies. So I like I went and I saw this. I'll talk to me, uh, which we'll again chat about in a bit. I saw The Last Voyage of the Demeter, which I enjoyed. What else? The Haunted Mansion, Barbie and Oppenheimer. I can't remember. Yeah, because we've been off that long that we hadn't seen those yet, I don't think. Yeah, just seeing a lot of movies. It's been a lazy reading. I've been just trying to rest as much as possible because now that school's back, everything is. It's just, yeah, one day at a time. That's awesome. I'm very happy for you that you are finally doing the thing, Angela Bassett. There we go. Doing the thing. (laughs) Which, yeah. Does feel good. It's very cool. So again, it's one of those things where I can't really talk too much about it on like this, obviously. Yeah. But we'll see. I don't know, Joe, we're going to start like a whole new podcast. I want to do like a a whole like horror (laughs) mental health podcast now. Yes. (laughs) One where Joshua can't really say anything. Right. (laughs) You're just going to make facial expressions. You'd be like, "Mm, I don't know. Maybe. What do you, or hold on. No, it's CBT. So how do you feel about What is that? You have it within you. Do it yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I'm going to put that on the wall. For I'm, yes. I'm sure therapy <laughs> clients will really appreciate that. I just charged you some hundred dollars and do it yourself. Yeah. <laughs> have you tried not doing that? How about no? Stop it. What's that from the SNL? <laughs> yeah. Stop it. <laughs> I love that. Stop it. Just, yeah. You should. Can you do that, please? Mm-hmm. When people ask you for therapy, just like when yeah. they walk in, I'm going to stop it. Just yeah. cut it out. Whatever it is. Yeah. <laughs> just stop it. Knock it off. Uh, knock it. <laughs> I've yeah. missed you. I've missed you. I missed you as well. This is it's nice to kind of catch up a little bit here on uh, on the show. Oh, I think that is enough fooling around for now. We're going to take a really quick break and then we will be back to talk about Talk to Me. 
Meanwhile, in New Jersey... So, Marissa, what talking points do you want to hit on in this week's episode? Well, Jackie, let's talk about how the film addresses the patriarchy. Ooh, and representation of marginalized people. Ooh, ooh, and even philosophical ramifications of good versus evil and horror. We can point out the triangle boobs, talk about the blood splatter, and oh, the practical effects. (sighs) Um, and also the male gaze? My gaze at the males. Hi-o! From feminism to fangirling, the Jersey Ghouls cover all the bases of horror from a woman's perspective. New episodes are uploaded every other Sunday. Just search Jersey Ghouls to find us on social media and your favorite podcasting app. All right, welcome back. So, yes, this week we are watching, or we are discussing (laughs) Talk To Me, which is technically a 2020 Australian film. It looks like it had its debut at the Cannes Film Festival last October. October. Oh, man, that's so crazy. Before it opened officially in July in Australia and then the US and the and other places. Supernatural horror film, Australian supernatural horror film mm-hmm. again. Look at that. Look at us being, we're multicultural. We're foreign film. <laughs> we're international. <laughs> Let's see, it's directed, or yeah, directed by Danny and Michael Philippou. Written Maybe. by Danny and Bill Hinsman. We got Sophie Wilde, Miranda Otto from yes. Come on, uh, Chilling Adventures. Yes. Joe Bird, Otis Dungy, Alexandra Jensen, people, names. Yes. It's all about a bunch of teenagers getting together to play with an embalmed hand. They sound like great friends that I, I would have had in high school. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you were very uh, much Haley, right? You're the ringleader. You're the one. And I'm your brown friend <laughs> strapping people in. This is us, Joshua. This is the story of us. <laughs> I'm yeah, I, I love it. So <laughs> yeah, it did. It I wanted us to talk about this one because you went while you were on Guam to see it, which I thought was cool. I went to mm-hmm. see it here and uh, we had the same idea to see this movie. And then also in September, it's back to school. Yeah, let's watch a movie about teenagers being fucking idiots. That <laughs> sounds it feels right. Joe, what did you think of Talk to Me? On my travels, I saw it twice. I saw it once oh, the weekend it opened on Guam. And then I saw it when I was on my way back from Guam. I stopped in Seattle for a weekend and I saw it there with a friend. And seeing it by myself on Guam, I went in and bought a ticket at the one of the malls there. And... I decided I was like, there was no more family stuff. I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to relive my middle school adolescence and buy a ticket to a movie, go have lunch in the food court, (laughs) and then go see the movie. When I bought my ticket, I was the only person, 45 minutes before the show, only person that had bought a ticket to this film. It was a matinee. Wow. And then when I came into the film, there was another guy there. And he was, it was a smaller theater. It wasn't like stadium seating. It was the old style. So it was all the seats are on the same level. Oh, uh, like, yeah. Yeah. The row. Yeah, the yeah. rows. He elevated maybe just a little bit at the back. Yeah. Yes. He sat, he had, a, he was like maybe three or four rows in from the back. And so I was like, I'm not going to, I was supposed to, my assigned seat was right behind him. <laughs> I was oh. like, I'm not going to do that. So I sat yeah. like in the seats that were right by the door. 15 minutes into the film, he leaves. <laughs> and I was in this movie by myself for the that rest of the time. Awesome. Oh my gosh. When was the last private time you, screening? 
Yeah, because I don't think you've really ever done that. Obviously, you watch some of our movies like alone at your house, but but not on a big screen. But not in a big screen. Yeah, it How was, was that? like it was good, but I feel like the sound was just louder. Mm. I don't know if it because the theater was empty or if it was just louder in general because it didn't feel yeah. as loud in Seattle. It was all of the jumpy, scary crunching of bones and sinew and all of that bullshit was just extra effective because it was so loud in there for me that's awesome i went to see it when i bought my ticket i was the only person in the theater the same thing which excited me because i i love that like i saw i've seen quite a few movies in a movie theater with nobody else there horror films especially the saw movies when they were coming out there's quite a few of those i saw where i was like the only person in the theater hostile Two. I also saw where it was just me in the theater. But by the time, that kind of the same deal. By the time the showing actually started, I think five or six more people bought tickets. But we were spread out enough. And I actually ended up moving because the theater I was in, I hadn't been in before. And so I didn't realize how high up the seats were. So oh. I like moved way down. So it was the opposite <laughs> problem where I was like, oh, this is too high. It made my neck feel like I was looking down at the movie or something. I don't know. I didn't like it. So I moved. Nice. <laughs> um, and I'm so anxious about that because so I keep an eye on the the tickets as they sell to make sure that somebody doesn't buy the seat that I'm sitting in. Because mm-hmm. it, It's too much rigmarole to like yeah. cancel because it was like the A-list or whatever. So it's like you had to cancel it and mm-hmm. redo. The, it's just stupid. So I just kept looking at the app until it they the ticket stops selling. It's all like, like, you don't okay, want to be like, you're in my here. seat. You're in my seat. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. I don't want to deal with that. <laughs> it's yeah, it's you're in my seat, but there's also the rest of the theater. Yeah. I chose this exactly. specifically. Yeah. And I think in the future, if I go back to that particular theater and those screenings, like I will know, okay, you don't want to sit in your usual because I generally always pick the same seats. Yeah. Yeah. When we go out. But this time I was like, no, I need to move. Anyways, again, who cares about this? Right. <laughs> so the film itself. What what did you think about the movie? Did you enjoy it, especially seeing it by yourself? What was... <laughs> I was really concerned because there was a lot of comparisons to Hereditary. So mm. I was seeing a lot of comparisons online to Hereditary. And the... I was almost committed to watching it when... I was fairly committed to watching it when I came home and trying to, like, just watch it with you. Yeah. But my friend Jake from Baltimore, he messaged me and was like, oh, you need to go see Talk to Me soon because it's really good. And I was like, dang, okay. So I went in, I was like, okay, I have free days. And honestly, once the family reunion stuff was over, I was like kind of on my own. I really had nothing to do, but I also wanted to just be out and about. So I just went ahead and did the movie day and I offered it up to my cousins who were still on the island. I was like, if anyone wants to go see this really scary horror movie, I dropped the trailer in there and they were like, all of a sudden, everybody had to work, even the ones on vacation. Right. Oh, pass. Pass. Sorry, it's not Barbie. (laughs) We're going to the beach. I'm like, okay. And the film itself, I thought was really effective. I love the kind of mythology of it. And... We always talk about, like, technology, like, modern technology and horror, right? We talk about, oh, yeah, if we had a cell phone, if there was a cell phone at, you know, Camp Crystal Lake, like, the, we wouldn't have, none of this would have happened because we would have called someone or something like that. So right. I love how this movie leaned into that a lot and 
kind of made it a part of the world and didn't and still was able to tell a really effective ghost haunting story. I loved how just this, the jumps come out of nowhere and it felt it was just there was just really visceral things. Even on the second watch, there was like stuff. I'm like, oh, my God, I can barely make it through here. Plus, it had been a while since I've seen a horror movie in the movies. <laughs> it actually had been a while since I've seen a horror movie, period, because we recorded so much <laughs> beforehand. So it was cool to get back to that, oh my god, I, the anticipation of not knowing what's going to happen. I'm really looking forward, because I think it was announced that they are going to do a sequel, and I'm really looking forward to seeing how they expand the universe. But overall, I enjoyed it. I would, I did watch it again, and I probably would watch it as many times with other people because i think it's i think this for sure is like a slumber party type movie oh yeah definitely yeah i overall i enjoyed it as well i i thought it was fun i definitely you, you make a really good point about technology and particularly social media and so nowadays how like things spread online and is it real is it not real what's true what's false so that kind of plays into it somewhat with like Technology is getting to a place where we can create things that look so real and can yeah. really get people panicked. I don't do remember like a few weeks ago, everybody said like these giant aliens like invaded Peru or something and like everybody was freaking out. And it turned no. out it was probably it was like likely these like miners who were trying to like. I don't know the whole story, it, but it it probably has something to do with people trying to scare people off of land so that they can oh. illegally mine it. But it went around that that aliens had attacked Peru. And this was like right after the whole U.S. is UFO thing and non-human biologics or whatever, which can mean anything. They could have been talking about animals. They could have been talking about insects, non-human bio. Who knows? Yeah. But people run with stuff. You're, you're exactly could have just been a couple of sphinx cats terrorizing a whole country <laughs> which makes sense which is like i was thinking about like those sorts of situations of of how easily manipulated we are because we it's like people want to believe in stuff people want to yeah. believe in aliens or monsters or whatever so you get like a little bit of a snatch of of quote unquote proof and it's easy to run with it so I like how that was playing, this movie was playing with these sorts of anxieties that we have now yeah. in culture and also just being young and being blithely unaware of the fact that like you're going to die or that you're not going to live immune, forever yeah. and you're not immune to like consequences of actions or that you don't even know. Because I think one of the fun things with this movie is the rules around it are blurry yeah. And they're passed around. And so the movie leaves a lot of questions that I think is in some movies would be more frustrating. I do want to watch this again. And I wish I had gone to see it a second time uh, before we had this conversation. But I, I, it's coming out very soon to uh, streaming services. So I'm looking forward to watching it again. But I think the idea that they, this is a bunch of kids that are like passing this thing around, that the rules might change or the original rules get lost. And so it's a little blurry about... I think that's interesting to play with. Just this idea of you think you know you're doing something mm -hmm. right, quote unquote, right? It's like Ouija boards have certain rules of like how you engage with them and and opening the spirit realm closing the spirit realm but again if it exists does it really have to play by the rules of the living <laughs> can we be for sure 
they don't even really know that this what this hand is that they're playing with if it actually it belongs to some dead medium or whatever they have a couple of different ideas but it doesn't stop them from fully going <laughs> or the, allowing themselves to be possessed sure. by ghosts and I think it's interesting that this movie comes out at the same time as like Oppenheimer because mm. it's grass, it's playing with or using a, I'm not going to say technology, but using something that you still have no real understanding of how or why it does. We just know that it does this thing and it's really, really cool, right? In a similar way, not to say that this is a commentary or draw parallels to a nuclear holocaust or anything, but (laughs) I think if we focus on the social media aspect of it, right, it's just these kids, they're like, when the hand comes out for the first time and everyone's phones go up and all the lights are on, all the lights are on on the girl, I forget her name, the main girl, Maya, I think it is, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Or Maya or Maya. Mia, Maya. Maya. And it's not fully understanding that's kind of live in (laughs) anything you film or you post is going to live on the internet forever. And there are lasting implications. There are lasting consequences of that. And seeing, and we get that those are made manifest by what ends up happening to Mia eventually at the end. And also with, with Riley, Uh, thank you. With the brother. Yeah. With the brother. So it's so interesting that, and I don't know if this was intentional. I've not really seen any, interviews with the filmmakers that talk about this as like a as a social media commentary or anything but i think there's something there i think in our classic fright school of overcomplicating horror there's something there <laughs> um, yeah 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 one thing i will say is that initially i saw it and the, a lot of the comparisons between it and hereditary so i went in there with really high expectations and i think seeing it alone Having it be like the 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 viewing experience that I had helped me meet those expectations upon the first watch. But when I yeah. watched it a second time, it wasn't as effective, not because I knew where everything was going, but because I could now see the places in which it was felt a little more telegraphed. And yeah. my the friend that I went with to watch it, he he was like, oh, I like knew at a certain point this is where it was going to go. And it kept going in that direction and I was taken out of it. I think the comparison to Hereditary is is fair in that it will get people jumpy and going, but not in terms of content or mm. I think it's a little bit different. Yeah. I have a question for you, especially because of your work uh, and we talked about you're talking about creating a curriculum for a group for grief. I The whole time I'm like waiting to talk about this with you. I want to know what you, how you feel about what the movie is trying to say about grief. It's so interesting because I was writing down again, the overcomplicating thing. Cause I think there's a couple of different messages in here. One about addiction. Mm-hmm. And then of course, like internalizing like social media messages. So like all these anxieties that like teenagers have now about, which have always existed, like peer pressure, my friends are doing this or doing that. I want to as well. And not all of us are equipped to handle whatever the thing of the day is, whatever it is for kids. Right now, it's like social media, it's TikTok and whatever, and how they're internalizing messages and how they're what they're learning about what it means to human in this world. And have all these people that are like partying with this thing. And then of course, the brother, it's like he, it gets infected and or possessed. And he's one of those people that can't, 
he represents somebody who can't stop. He can't figure out how to like un internalize, like unlearn. Sure. They they have him, right? That was the whole thing. It's like when you go over the time, they may not want to give you back. They may not want to leave. Yeah. So I I think that there's something there. Again, this is like initial impressions. I want to watch it again and let it sit out in the cultural consciousness for a while. So we might have to revisit some of the the themes, especially if they they filmed a, a whole prequel already. That's finished. That'll tell the story of the brother in the beginning, apparently. And then they are going to do a talk to number two, me, apparently, is what it's Mm -hmm. called, of course, because that's the world we live in. Yeah, we'll see what the follow-ups do to further expand on the mythology to further flesh out what we think. But yeah, I think there's something to be said about grief, but also addiction. Because the mother had, it's played with. That's the other thing, because the rules aren't exactly... I think there was something in the ghosts don't lie or something, or they can like, they're trying to tell her the truth about Mia, her father and the mother's death, uh, which was likely either an overdose or an intentional overdose. So talking about suicide. So obviously Mm -hmm. there's grief stuff there. And then Mia is pulling away from the family and then she gets absorbed into this game that is, that does become like an addiction for her and her friends. It's like a party drug. They're all passing around. Yeah. Um, You know, and giving to each other and then having this experience. It's reminded me of, uh, South. Huh? Have you ever tried that? Probably not. No, but I've heard about it. Yeah, because it happens really fast. It's like a drug that you use and it just blitz through you. Really, It's like f- super fun, makes you laugh a lot, and then it's like over. It's not other psychedelics that take forever to work eight or nine hours of a trip. So it reminds me a little bit of like that, of how substances spread in a friend group and mm-hmm. how addiction is treated. So again, then the brother becomes that after school special lesson of see what happens when you do ecstasy like it takes scoops out of your brain or whatever not everybody but that but there's going to be that one person that really is horribly injured who becomes the anecdotal warning to others and so i so i think there's a lot being said about that about like party substances to some degree and especially with me as mother and how she's is getting lost in this thing to try to connect with her mom which again mm-hmm. can be from my own anecdotal experience of family like substance use can be a real strong bonding thing whether you're going out and like drinking with your parents mm-hmm. or doing other mm-hmm. things so there is again not i don't want to speak to i don't want to say for sure i just mean it can happen. Her yeah. kind of getting lost in this thing and is a way to connect to her mother. I think there's something there. There's something to explore there. And then, of course, with grief, yeah, it it fucking sucks when it comes and goes and it's yeah. never, she's not going to get her mother back. And even in talking to this ghost thing, what if it's really her mother, we're not exactly sure if it's sure. like these ghosts trying to manipulate her into killing her father or killing others or herself or the brother. Mm-hmm. Or, again, it's all a little muddy at least in my initial remembering of it, I'd have to watch it again to get a firmer grasp on whether there was something I missed, mm-hmm. but the rules just seem a little yeah. <laughs> ambiguous. And, and in the film, there's two two characters break, quote unquote, break the rules. The mm-hmm. first one is Mia at the first party. when, And then when she's possessed, she's looking at Riley the demon or the spirit is looking at Riley being like, I'm going to get you or whatever the fuck. And then they close the door, but it was like a couple seconds over. So immediately the rules are broken. 
And I'm like, okay, so she is obviously on the hook for something because even though it was a couple seconds, your 90 second rules broken. Then when you get to the big party that they have or the smaller party that they have where Riley finally does it. And I think all in all, it was like, it was just this one long con for me to get Mia, (laughs) to get Mm -hmm. her to not only to either get her to kill someone else or to eventually end herself, which is what happens. And does it though? We don't even really know. Again, it's a little ambiguous about whether or not, but we'll talk about the end in a little bit. Again, that goes back to though, this conversation about resilience and having, being equipped to handle certain situations, which makes me think within the context of this, because like she's lost her mother to possibly suicide. She's dealing with a long grief process. She's disconnected from her dad. You saw her going a couple seconds over. I don't know. Maybe there's just, there's something about tolerance <laughs> maybe mm-hmm. i don't know again because because uh, you're right the the rules are a little mushy but yep. when the brother the younger brother of her friend of riley his experience because he is young and he is he's also pushed into it by her almost like he wants yeah. to do it and she's very encouraging when when his sisters know and the other people are like i don't think this is a good idea they have you know. a strange relationship. It, yeah, it is. It's very strange. It's strange. It's like, for me, it's it feels inappropriate because she's older and because of how young he is. Mia herself feels very inappropriate with this family in general, just like how she talks to Jade and about Jade's boyfriend who used to date Mia. Like, all of that was yeah. really weird. Yeah. It, and which is funny because I know, <laughs> I feel like some people who I know who are like gay men have done that because if they've dated each other, you can have those kinds of frank conversations. But it was just really strange and like the porous boundaries that this family allows Mia to do this because of everything that she's been through. Yeah, and that kind of comes up um, when Miranda Otto's character, Sue, calls her an invader or something. That's a very interesting conversation. And that's something that, again, I don't understand enough about the political scape of Australia. So I was looking up whether there's been like a race, racial critique of this film. And there has, there's definitely, there's a lot of people who feel on both sides that like, Mm -hmm. you can't apply American standards of racism to an Australian film. But then you have Australian people I'm reading, they're like, no, like Australia has its problem with racism as well. And I do think there are things about this film that can be interpreted as racist. But again, I think it's going to be one of those things that we're going to see develop the film kind of sits for a little bit. Yeah. And again, I don't really have a reading on necessarily Australian culture enough. Again, racism exists everywhere, obviously, not just in America, but we have a specific relationship to it. And I'm curious about Australia's specific relationship and whether or not this film has some things reflecting in it that would be worth picking at, especially as I think this is another really good film that's coming out of the wake of like horror noir and that analysis and of behind Get Out and Us and and The Blackening, for instance, like this is another film that was coming out of this, that like this world where we're a little bit more aware of certain, it doesn't mean we're any better <laughs> at handling it, but there's sure. a there's more of an awareness and we can play with some themes in ways that you can't if you're like in abject denial mm-hmm. or just overtly racist and don't care <laughs> or maybe be or being racially ambivalent or apathetic, maybe. Uh, that could be a thing that we're getting to, right? Where we're not can, always considering 
that we're casting people based on that to make a certain statement or not. Hmm. Did that make sense? What I just said? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure what the actual goals are for the world of where we're getting to, but the conversation is: can straight people play gay? If they can, then gay people can play straight characters. These sorts of conversations. Where are we actually? What's the end goal? So I don't know enough about the particulars of the socio-political yeah. realm in Australia. I do Invader, know that I think she calls her a usurper. A something. Us- it's something very like that. Charge language, like when she yeah. comes, it's like this is somebody that is like at your house all the time that you treat like a, a almost like a daughter in yeah. a way because she knows her mother's gone and there you know there's tension at home. So in that moment of fear and upsetness, that's what she says. That's a very <laughs> You could say the optics of it. It's like a, a white family with this person, this black woman that they've taken on. And then to reject her in that way, calling her invasive is ironic. It's <laughs> just, of course, there is yeah. that too. But that's the same problem here when white people scream about immigrants. Yeah, exactly. So it gets to this thing of, ooh, something happened right there that is worth critical analysis. Yeah. And even though she apologizes later and all of that kind of, of course, but in the moment. Yeah. But that doesn't, her apology doesn't, feels out of character. Right. Because all the, everything leading up to that apology, I love the mom because the mom, she's just, she's a realist. No bullshit. She's salty, but she's, she's, are you in here smoking pot? Are you doing this? You're doing that? Like she's very, yeah. Yeah. She's going to let her, she she knows that her daughter's going to sneak out. So she just yep. lets her do it. Doesn't lock her in their room. Love the whole, like, when's the party? Jade told me, like, <laughs> when's the party? She knows what's going on. She's not yeah. one of these dumb horror moms who's, like, just ambivalent or absent. Yes. Like we've talked about in the past. She's very, she's there. You know, she was, engaged. like, actually active in their, like, yeah. lives. Yeah, her, it was no, there was no benign neglect. Right. And so for her to apologize later... It just seems so, it's felt so strange to me. And I yeah. think it's it was, just, pipe. Yeah, it was all in service of yeah. what eventually happens, but yeah. So we've only got a few minutes left. So yeah, in the end, so this movie, again, it is bleak. This, and this was when I was watching it, I'm like, wow, you have this. I don't really know enough about Sophie Wilde. How does she actually identify? Obviously she's a darker skinned woman. <laughs> I don't know how she mm-hmm. identifies. But regardless, you have a woman who appears to be a black woman mm-hmm. who has all this terrible stuff happening to her in this movie. <laughs> She's already got all this awful stuff. Then mm-hmm. the party game that she really didn't bring, it's not her fault. She didn't introduce this thing to her friend group. It was, hey, what's the other? Haley. Character? Haley is the one who brings it from someone else, that kind of thing. It just keeps ha- like her life is just getting worse and worse throughout the movie. Then she dies at the end. Spoiler alert. <laughs> we'll put a big spoiler alert on this episode. Only to end up in this bleak fucking afterlife where now she is a ghost at the other side of the hand. You she's know? in the limbo. Yeah, she's in this limbo, which is apparently that is the afterlife. Like waiting for all of us is like this black abyss waiting for fucking teenagers to play with you. Like waiting wow. for some Yikes. asshole <laughs> guy who thinks it's fun to request you to possess them in ways that's torturous for all involved. So it just ends. It's really a dark story, like to use mm-hmm. one of our favorite words again in the end. So, yeah, I'm not sure in thinking about the movie. Wow. The messaging of this is it's pretty nihilistic. 
And the depiction of the passage of time, right? So she like yeah. walks back to the hospital from where she jumps off the un- under the freeway. Yeah. She sees the hospital, like she sees Riley go home. Yeah, everybody's like, getting better. Recovered. Healing. Yep. Her dad is recovered. And then mm-hmm. one like ho- like lights start to dim. And then immediately she's just like in a black void. And I was like, wow. This is, and I did, I totally did not see the, the, her becoming the ghost at the end. I was like, when, when you see, I don't know what language they're speaking, but the, on the other side of it, like that, those kids there. And I was like, no, and by myself, right. Being like, yeah, I really love this from Denna Geek. They did a talk to me ending and meaning explained. And the last one of the last paragraphs says, in a biting way, the ending speaks to the specters of depression and suicide and how they continue to haunt families with the potential to turn the living into ghosts. Mia feared becoming like her mother and therefore distanced herself from her father. And yet, in order to fit in with peers who thought she was a buzzkill, she began partaking in a different kind of vice of parties, possession. Afterward, a cycle of abuse or a type of addiction occurs with Mia meeting a similar fate to her mother. It's almost as if if this path was destined. Yeah, exactly. And so it's just this very sad comment on, I think, less about grief and more on addiction, addictive behaviors and and the cycle, the the cycle that they can operate within or just the cycle of systems within like adolescence or whatever. Yeah, it's it was a very a much more downer of a movie than I thought. At the end, I was like leaving. I was like, okay, <laughs> that was something. But I did enjoy it in the same. I would definitely watch this yeah. again if I was a teenager now. Yeah, this would be awesome at a party, sure. at a slumber party or Halloween party. I think this would be great. Can I pose a final question? Yeah. If this was real and you were at a party, would you do it? there's part of me that's because I think one of the characters mentions it it, because they all think at first ever that they're faking it right these videos are Mm -hmm. fake it's all an illusion it's bullshit so there's part of me that would be the the same if you can actually prove to me that there is life beyond death and you have a way yeah there's part of me that would want to because then I would just want to know for sure and experience it myself Mm -hmm. but I also don't want to end up like anybody in this movie. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's it's hard. It's very hard. What about you? You have Jesus though. So you're not Jesus is not as a stone cold of an atheist as I am, I don't think. <laughs> True. You're pretty open. I'm open to what what do I say on my dating profile? I need someone to believe in magic, whether that's right. worshiping a man on a, hanging on the plus sign or actual witchy occult magic. But I need there I, right. I need to know that there are other forces, not even necessarily supernatural for like uh, afterlife type forces, just other forces in general. But because of that, though, this looks like something I don't think I would fuck with this be just because yeah. it doesn't look. The hand itself does not look like a benevolent presence. (laughs) Like, why would you want to do... In the same way that I don't fuck with Ouija boards, why would you want to do that? Why would you want to let a spirit inside of you and offer that control? I think I'd be more on the jade side of things. Yeah. Just watching and, and watching and... Even then, she's still she still is healthy. She's seen everybody do it several times over the course of an evening, and of and almost sees her brother lose his life. And still, she's to me feels like a little skeptical about the whole thing. Yeah, 
but I think I would be more that. This is not something I would want to participate in. Yeah, it looks a little gross, too. Just the whole situation. I don't necessarily want to be possessed. I wouldn't mind if you just hold it and just see the ghost. And then I could be like, no, I'm not doing this. I'm not letting people in. Blow out that candle. Let's move the fuck on. Like if if I could just look. Yeah. If all I had to do was hold the thing and say, talk to me, that's what I would. And then I would not say I let you in. I would just be like, talk to me. And be like, thank you. Go away now. <laughs> uh, goodbye. Have a good day. Um, yes. That's what's waiting for us all. Fuck. I'm going to live yeah. as long as possible. All righty. Again, yeah, it was fun. I, I look forward to it coming to streaming so I can watch it again. And mm-hmm. yeah, maybe have a maybe have a movie night. I think it'd be fun. I think it'd be really fun to watch this with the blackening. Or also like The Ring gave yeah. me that vibe of something that's passed around. It's like stories. Baba Duke. The Babadook a little bit. Yeah, for sure. I was trying to think about the Babadook. I wouldn't want to show at a party, though. <laughs> it's no. so heavy. Let's, let's watch Hereditary. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> the, Bob, the Babadook and just the giant archaic vibrator and this awful child. Yeah, exactly. All righty. That was Talk to Me. If we had any, if we had the rights, we can insert Stevie Nicks right here singing Talk to Me. Uh, Is as, that a Stevie Nicks song? Out. Yeah, you've never heard that song? No. talk to me. I can't (laughs) believe you never heard that. No, talk to me. Talk to she. There we go. Talk to her. (laughs) Talk to her. Talk to her. (laughs) All right, now I have to send you that song. I can't believe you don't know it. I can't believe as long as you've hung out with me, you've not heard that song. You've played a lot of Stevie Nicks over the years. I remember the one afternoon where all we did was watch Cyndi Lauper concerts, and I'm like, it all meshes together. Lauper and uh, Stevie Nicks, definitely the same person. (laughs) (laughs) All white women look the same yeah there you go stevie nicks could be the white at the white lady bridge she would be the ghostly <laughs> she, presence there i love it just all twirling right. yeah just twirling sing and talk to me anyways all right as always thank you so much dear listener for putting up with this fun t- times that we're having together here and um, we'll be back next week with another movie joe as always man i love you it's good to see you again good to see you too good night Fright School is produced by Joshua Napier and Joe Farron. Our intro was edited by Davey Boy Productions. Our logo was designed by Jamie Channel Guzman. Episodes are edited and engineered by Joe Farron. Fright School is produced in terrifyingly beautiful San Diego, California. listening to the Geekscape Network.